second and goal line formation. Cousins to Cook, left side, and Dalvin shakes a tackle. Touchdown! Dalvin Cook shook a tackle at the two, and he got into the end zone for his 15th touchdown this season. Yo, welcome to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm your host tonight alongside Vikings.com audio producer and my co-host, Mr. Chris Corso. Tonight, we get you guys up to speed with everything you need to know from inside the TCO Performance Center. The Chicago Bears coming into town 6-7, and seven, facing the Minnesota Vikings team that's 6-7 and seven for the last home game of the year at U.S. Bank Stadium this week. You can listen to that game right here on KFAN 100.3, voice of the Vikings. Paul Allen will be calling that game alongside Pete Bursage, Ben Lieber, and Greg Coleman. We got a loaded show for you guys today. We hear the best podium sounds from the week. ESPN's Courtney Cronin stops. Well, I'm looking forward to that, Chris, and talking this playoff push, but I can't start the show without talking about the best thing we saw this week. Corso, take us away. Yeah, Gabe, the best thing I saw this week was Mike Zimmer on X's and O's with Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, and he said the main emphasis in practice this week was the focus on success in the red zone on offense. Obviously, that was something that the Vikings struggled with against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You move the ball up and down the field so well on the number one running defense in the NFL, and you don't have that many points to show for it. Rather than scoring seven points, it turned into attempts for Dan Bailey for field goals, which obviously didn't go our way. So Coach Zimmer, rather than making excuses and and talking about the kicker and this and that, he says we need to be better in the red zone. Let's take a listen. I think the biggest thing, Paul, is we don't have a lot of room for error, you know, um, you know, especially with, with some of these young guys. And so we have to make sure that, uh, you know, they're on point for, for four quarters or 60 minutes. And uh, uh, last week, um, you know, we moved the ball great all, all day long. And uh, we don't score touchdowns in the red zone last week. And so, you know, that'll be a big emphasis for us this, this week going forward. Well, you heard it there from the head coach, Gabe, and and the Vikings have a 72.73 red zone scoring rate on the season. That's good for fourth in the NFL. So they've been doing it right all year. You know Adam Thielen has those 12 touchdowns, which normally come in that area of the field. So look for the Vikings to really do better in this game in the red zone, and I'm happy it's an emphasis in practice this week. Yeah, for sure. And they're going to have to build on that 72.7% scoring uh, percentage in the red zone against the Chicago Bears defense. That's fourth best red zone defense in the NFL, only giving up about 52% of scoring in the red zone. So this is a tall task and it's going to be a tall task for a lot of these Vikings that are expected uh, to step up in some guy's absence. The absence I'm talking about is Kyle Rudolph. We know Kyle Rudolph outside of Adam Thielen is Kirk Cousins' number one red zone target. So Didn't get a chance to see practice this week, but I saw Tyler Conklin virtually and talked to him virtually. And this is what he had to say when I asked him, hey, what what does it mean to step up in this big opportunity? In this league, you just never know when your opportunity is going to come. You know, I know what I can do as a a player, as a receiving tight end, as a blocker. And, um, you know, sometimes you just got to wait for the opportunity to be able to showcase it. And obviously it all starts in camp to be able to give yourself that chance to, to get on the field and you know, I just, just came in to try to put my best foot forward and start putting everything together after having a couple years in. And, um, you know, I think that was, uh, you know, camp's kind of all, I mean, you go and you, you play good in camp and it's going to it's gonna kind of translate to the season. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for 
Tyler Conklin, Ersner Jr., even Hell Hentges, who uh, was activated earlier this week to, to have big time opportunity in this upcoming Sunday's game. We saw a few weeks back when we played the Chicago Bears, Kyle Rudolph had four catches, 63 yards. Ersner Jr. had a two big time catches. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities to make some plays. Everything is still ahead of this Vikings team. And if they take care of business this week, that can get the train rolling. I like what you said about the tight ends, Gabe, because Tyler Conklin was a pretty popular guy with the Vikings Entertainment Network this week. Man, this guy was so ready for that moment where he had a career high five receptions last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And look for Tyler Conklin to have a big game against the Bears this week. Tyler and I talked about what does it take to be a complete tight end. And one of his main emphasis was blocking. And we know last week Kirk Cousins sacked six times last week against the against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this Bears defense, you know, that's that's led by Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack. I mean, I'm only naming three people. They had seven sacks last week. Like, th- that, that's unheard of, man. I mean, in their six-game losing streak before last week, they only had mustered eight sacks in those six games. So, Clearly, they, they're starting to find some kind of rhythm, and I think it's, it's incumbent upon our offensive line, first and foremost, but the tight ends also to give Kirk time to you know, dissect this defense because we know when Kirk is decisive, when Kirk is making plays down the field, when he's you know, able to get in play-action passing, when he's able to – when he's not getting pressured, that is the best Kirk Cousins that you were going to see. And I mean, you, you talk to Kirk a lot, man. Like, Kirk is, is excited for this challenge, and with three games left – he said, you know, this is this is the opportunity to write our own story here. I agree, Gabe. And being sacked six times like he was last week, we saw how frustrated he was on the sideline following the game. So that cannot happen this week. And when you see Khalil Mack doing the things he did last week against Deshaun Watson, sacking him in the end zone for a safety, forcing a fumble in that game as well, he's been doing some big things. I think the interior pass protection for the Vikings is going to be huge in this game, Gabe. Yeah, and I I hate to state the obvious here, but I think if you win the special teams battle, it gives you a great opportunity to win this game. Of course, Cordell not running back a kick. <laughs> yep, he he ran back a kick in the third quarter. And speaking of the third quarter, the Bears have only scored twice in the third quarter all year, and one of those times was the kick return against us, and then the the time before was Week Six against the Carolina Panthers. So I really think if you win the third quarter, I mean, you got to start fast, right? I mean, we we do a good job of starting fast. But if you win the third quarter, I really think you win this game. We are the worst third quarter defense in the NFL. They are the worst third quarter offense in the NFL. I like our chances in this game. I'm not going to give uh, David Montgomery and Metro Trubisky, who, you know, they've seemed to have pretty good games as of late. I'm, as of late, I'm, I'm not going to give those guys too much credit. I, I really think it, it's, it's really about us controlling what we can control. And Mike Zimmer, he addressed the media today and he talked about, you know, facing the Chicago Bears defense and what it means to him to play the Chicago Bears in round two of the year with playoff hopes on the line. Okay, big game this week, uh, division game. Uh, you know, Bears are playing well, scoring 30 points a game now offensively. Uh, really talented defensive football team. You know, a great kick returner and uh, and gunner. So this will be a good challenge for us. We're going to have to play really well to win, take care of the football. Without going into too much of your game plan or whatever, but like the, the number of different options you used without Rudolph last week, were you able to kind of evaluate and kind of pinpoint what you want to do going forward, or is it going to be a, a whole collection of things? Well, I think it was good to have Irv back. Uh, you know, he's had a good week of practice. Um, you know, we've got some other moving parts, but, you know, uh, 
we kind of who are who we are, and Conklin's done a really nice job this year. So uh, we'll just keep uh, trying to mix things up and and uh, keep kind of doing what we do. So you heard it there from Mike Zimmer following practice, and obviously also following practice is the last injury report of the week. There are a few names on here that we've been seeing lately, and that's Eric Hendricks and Kyle Rudolph, who you mentioned earlier. Both of those guys are out. Alexander Madison actually returned to practice on Friday. Um, He's questionable after missing the last two games. And another positive, the last positive for the Vikings, Gabe, C.J. Ham. He's a huge part of the Vikings running game, and and I'm glad to to see that he'll be back on the field on Sunday. Great opportunity for Tyler Conklin and Urson of Jr., but you hate to hear guys like Kyle Rudolph not being able to play against the Chicago Bears team. And Eric Kendricks, man, we know how much he means to this defense. But moving to the Chicago Bears injury report, I think that the big name is Khalil Mack. He did not practice Thursday. He was a four participant on Wednesday. He's dealing with a shoulder injury along with uh, a few other guys on this Chicago Bears roster like Deion Bush, Jalen Johnson, Buster Scrine, who all didn't practice this week. But Corso, when you see the Khalil Mack on this injury report, what, what stands out to you? That would be a big-time storyline for this game. And then just going down the list, you said a bunch of the cornerbacks, Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen, not practicing this week. Deion Bush, the, the safety, did not practice as well for the Chicago Bears. And I see Akeem Hicks uh, taking a little rest day this week in practice. I think he will be in the middle of this Bears defense come game time. Can we get him Can we get him to rest on Sunday, yeah, please? Yeah, if he wants to rest in the second half like he did uh, the last time we played them, that would be nice too, Gabe. Awesome. Well, ESPN's Courtney Cronin is coming up next, but first, it is Skull Season at Mystic Lake. Enter casino and digital drawings for prizes like season tickets, away game trips, and a Polaris side-by-side. Get details and enter now at mysticlake.com slash football. Hey Vikings fans, this football season make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Sacks for Apps is back for the 2020 season, and if the Vikings record two or more sacks in a game, fans can receive a free appetizer at Buffalo Wild Wings with a $20 purchase. Visit vikings.com BWW for details. All right, we are back. Welcome back to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Chris Corso and our guest of the night, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Courtney, how's it going? It's going. We're at week 15. We keep chugging along with this uh, crazy NFL season. Chuck, that is very true. I don't think you could say it any better than that. And we haven't talked to you all year. So Mm -hmm. what's been your take on this Vikings team uh, to week 15 at this point thus far? I think you take the temperature of the team in multiple different points. Obviously, the one in five start and you're wondering, are they going to tear this thing apart and start thinking about the future? Because they were so young on defense and they had a lot of injuries and a lot of things that didn't go their way. But when they beat Green Bay and they don't make any moves at the trade deadline, that to me signified, okay, this team thinks that it can win. Now, how much they can win, if that means a playoff berth, how far they could get in the playoffs, I think at that point was all relative. But, you know, they made a really impressive mark from weeks eight through 10 with the three division opponents that they had and going three and zero against them. And then they stumble against Dallas and they start kind of going back into the slide of playing not so great football, but at least enough good football in bad games to come away with wins against Carolina 
and then in Jacksonville. And then obviously last week with Tampa Bay, you know, the kicking issues have kind of reared their head. I mean, it feels like it's been a topic we've talked about for years here in Minnesota, but not to this degree before that leads like a level of intrigue because these next three games, like Kirk Cousins said, you have to be playing your best football right now. Otherwise you're going to be sitting home that second week in January when the wild card round starts. They went all in because they felt like they could at least get the seventh seed in the playoffs. So anything outside of that, I think would be a really big disappointment. I I really want to ask what you think the formula for success is for this Vikings offense, because in my opinion, they did just about everything right with the hard parts of the game. They go against the number one rushing defense in the NFL and they run down their throats. But then in the big moments, at the end of drives, in the red zone, it didn't seem to all come together. So what's the formula for success, in your opinion, for the Vikings offense going forward? I think you bring up a good point. I mean, the way that they got the run game going was the typical Gary Kubiak system where it's outside zone, forcing things to the edge, trying to get Dalvin in space and make plays in space. And so you can do that against Chicago, too, because – Two very comparable run defenses. Obviously, you have Akeem Hicks there in the middle of that Bears defense, kind of like you had an Indomitian Sioux. And I think you can limit the damage that they do by doing that. Now, if your blocking takes a hit because you might not have Kyle Rudolph, you might not have CJ Ham, then then that's obviously a big problem. But I, you know, in my opinion, I need to see Justin Jefferson getting involved in this game a lot earlier than he has been. He wasn't, he didn't have his first target, I think, till somewhere around like nine minutes left in the second quarter. They've been putting top corners on the top receiver and and A, that's a testament to Jefferson, but B, that's something he's got to work through. And it's also something that Kirk's got to work through too. You can't tell me that just because there might be bracket coverage or somebody's doubling feeling or, or what have you, that you can't get find ways to scheme those guys to get mm-hmm. involved. It doesn't always have to be a deep shot off play action. It can be the intermediate passing game. It can be a lot of different things. Like I know this is a run first offense and I know that this is a scheme that they want to go through Dalvin cook first, but you have, you know, potentially the offensive rookie in the year who's playing out of his mind right now. And he's walking away with half, half a dozen catches. If that half a dozen targets, like that's not acceptable. That's something that you have to change within the scheme to make sure that even when the run is working and even when it's not Jefferson has to be the part that gets you going. If that makes sense. You know, with this offense, throwing the ball more, are the, do you think the Vikings are built to, you know, drop back and not have to worry about Dalvin touching the ball and, you know, mm-hmm. put more of the, the pressure on Kirk to be able to provide with his legs and arm? Yeah, I know he said that there's a lot of meat left on the bone, which I think is an encouraging sign. I don't think that you want that to be something that's so consistent that it becomes predictable. Um, mm-hmm. When used in bits and pieces, I remember a couple of years ago, they had a goal for Kirk his first season, get a rushing first down with your feet every game. And I'm sure that that's increased because obviously he got 41 yards scrambling um, last week. And even with the quarterback draw, I mean, that was really, that was good. I think it adds a nice element to this offense and it makes him, it's something he's really happy about like that. They're giving him the freedom to do that because ball security isn't an issue with him when he's running with it. I mean, obviously strip sacks, fumbles there, that's a different story, but like he's very good at protecting his body as, as evidence when he's diving head first and, you know, the guy doesn't get hurt, knock on wood. Um, but also like coming up with the ball and, and, and helping extend, you know, move the chains and all of that. Like he's been a really important part of the offense that way. So I think they're going to continue to take those opportunities when, when they present themselves and he's shown that he can do it, you know, that's and, until he shows that he can't like, why not let him keep running with it? 
One of the most underrated play calls of the game against the Bucks was that QB draw. Mm-hmm. I think it was on a third down third by Gary yeah. Kubiak. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went right up the middle, which um, not so fleet of foot is probably the nicest way to say it. Um, but I, I, I really think this offense goes as Kirk Cousins goes in the pass protection standpoint. So when he sacked six times last week, that was a huge problem for the Vikings going against one of the best blitzing teams in the NFL and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I see the Chicago team, and I see what Khalil Mack did last week. I mean, I think he had a safety in the end zone on Deshaun Watson, and he strip-fumbled the running back. What do the Vikings need to do, Courtney, in this game to really combat that rushing attack of the Chicago Bears? Well, I mean, they're going to need a lot of help from their tight ends like we saw the first time around, but it's it's going to be a problem. Like, depending upon what happens with the injury report and C.J. Ham and Kyle Rudolph, I mean, you may see them activating somebody else to to be in there as a primary blocker um, because that's where they can overpower you when they come off the edge, especially someone like Khalil Mack, who, you know, they've they, he's kind of been their nemesis for the last few years. But I think, too, a lot of it's the, imp- the pressure that's coming up through the interior. Um, I think Dakota Dozier had a really tough game last week. Yep. Um, and, you know, when, when Kirk – I mean, they were going in focused on strip-sacking him. It was really obvious upon watching back the tape that that was their goal. Um, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, Will Golston, like all those guys, um, you know, Shaq Barrett. Like that's like – that's at least when, in, in my perspective watching it back. I was like, oh, like they, they clearly had something that they wanted to do in mind. Yeah. So I say all that to say that like, you know, being able to help with, I mean, maybe change some of the protections on the interior so you can mitigate some of those weaknesses would be probably beneficial. I, I, mm. I don't know exactly know how you do it. Um, you know, at this point, I mean, you're going to try to run the ball. Like they, they clearly are. That's how they want to establish the game. But like once that stops, um, cause Dalvin had 30 plus touches again yeah. that last time in Chicago. And it's like the guy's getting like, you know, under three yards per, per carry, uh, because this, this run defense is so tough. And then Akeem Hicks goes out of the game and it kind of changes and the it complexion changes of it. it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's trying to wear them down that way, but also, you know, using more play action. So he's not just standing back there in the pocket, trying to change his launch Kirk and change his launch points and where he's throwing the football from to try to slide him away from wherever the protection is, wherever the rush is coming from is probably going to be the best. Maybe some shotgun, maybe like not the play action every single time. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. You don't want to make it like predictable. That's for sure. Yeah. This Bears defense, we know they had seven sacks last week in their six-game losing streak. They only had eight. So I think that's going to be an area of concern. But I, I want to get your thoughts on the third quarter. I mean, this is, you know, the Bears have the worst third-quarter offense. We have the worst third-quarter defense. Do you think winning the third quarter will be one of the major keys to success for the Vikings this upcoming Sunday? Yeah, but I think they should be doing it before then because mm-hmm. the last few weeks you've seen this team go into halftime trailing or in a really not-so-good spot. And then – it kind of unravels and then you have the fourth quarter where Kirk can certainly mount a comeback. I mean, they mm-hmm. showed that they can hang with Tampa Bay, a really good team, like by what they did there in the third quarter, they ate up too much time on the clock. That's not a drive you should run when you're down 23 to six, where you eat up eight thirty three of play time. Yep. Um, I feel like they honestly just kind of ran out of time there on themselves. This doesn't need to be a second half team, 
but they've kind of gotten in that rhythm lately. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think if they want to be a better first half team, those things have to get fixed. The protection issues, certainly the kicking game, but also like being able to finish drives that like, you know, not have it lead to field goals that way. My last question here is you've been here a few years. I've been here a few years. Gabe is new. Um, to the Vikings. I don't think he realizes that every single year we play our last home game at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Chicago Bears. Sometimes it's come down to their playoff hopes, sometimes ours. This year, we're both in the same exact situation. So what do you make of all that, Courtney? I mean, the Bears are going to want to play spoiler. Um, I mean, they're very much, they're right behind the Vikings in the hunt for the playoffs. And I think theoretically, Minnesota needs to go two and one in this stretch and they need Mm -hmm. Arizona to go one and two. And it's like, you don't really control your own destiny, which in my opinion means you have to win every single game from here on out. Like every game is must win. And I think that's the vibe that you get in talking to guys that, there's no room for error. There's no room for mistakes. Like the mistakes that you saw yeah. against Jacksonville, like that can't happen anymore. Because mm-hmm. the Bears are the Bears just put up 30 points. And granted, they did it against a really bad Texans team, but the Vikings played that Texans team and didn't put up, you know, that big of a of a margin in between them and, and the win. So I I look at this as you know, if they don't beat the Bears this weekend, it's probably over because um, we're going to see how the, you know, all the stats of like, you know, percentages and probabilities, how that's going to change. Because um, the big one, obviously, people are already looking at is New Orleans. And, yep, yep. you know, New Orleans just lost to Philly. And granted, it was a close game and it was a new quarterback and either on the road, I guess you expect that as a possibility. But the Vikings have to go down to the Superdome, which, surprisingly they played well there last year um, and they've got to pull away with a victory in order to stay alive. So, you know, in that 2018 game that you're referring to Chris, like when they were trying to back their way into the playoffs instead, they're eight, seven and one. I mean, from the jump, the, the jump, they were awful. And, you know, it just, it looked like they were unraveling on the field and then on the sideline for obvious reasons. And, you know, I think that that was very much a wake up call for this team. Like we don't want to be in this position again, but you know, they, they have the tools in place to beat the bears. I think they really do. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know if we're going to buy in and say that he's like all of a sudden having like a resurgence and all that, but um, they still have some good weapons. Allen Robinson is still really good and their defense is really good. So Mm. you beat them and it was an ugly 1913 game that first time around. You can probably do it again if you follow a similar formula there and also get Justin Jefferson involved. Like, I don't know how many times I'd say it. Like, that's got to be priority number one over Dalvin Cook, in my opinion. Yeah, no special teams touchdowns this week, but Vikings versus Bears round number two. This will be coming Sunday, 12 p.m. You can listen to that game right here on KFAN 100.3 with voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and Pete Bursich calling that game. Courtney, appreciate your time today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. For Courtney Cronin, Chris Corso, I'm Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Pepsi, that's what I like.